Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by my friends at Booking Protected, global leaders in refund protection. As I've mentioned many times before, um, since the pandemic has been going on, tickets have started to go back on sale. The Booking Protect data shows that over a third of people are taking up refund protection. This is a clear indication from behavior that people are looking for peace of mind and security in their purchases. Visit them at www.bookingprotect.com and find out how you can offer your customers refund protection. But you can also create a brand new stream of revenue for yourself. So check them out, bookingprotect.com. They have are great people. They have been a great partner. They will be a tremendous partner to you. So bookingprotect.com. I am running a survey about the Business of Fun podcast, the Talking Tickets newsletter. The link is in the show notes. I need you to spend about two minutes filling it out so that you can help me deliver better guests, better content, better ideas to help you and your business recover. This thing will take two minutes. Um, It's going to help me have better conversations and do a better job of giving you value. Speaking of value, I've talked about the importance of research. So check out the Net Promoter Score worksheet that I've created with my friends at Eventelect that helps you understand what the Net Promoter Score is, why it matters. It gives you some context around it. It helps you create your own. Done the way that Eventelect and me and Dave do it. It's three questions. It'll take you 30 seconds to pull the thing together. It helps you get qualitative and quantitative data. It's a great, great tool to help you understand your customers better. Check out my friends at ActivityStream. We have a brand new idea that's in the works that we will probably be able to roll out in the next couple of weeks. But ActivityStream.com, the new Activate tool, is a tremendous way to help you re-engage your customers. If you haven't been communicating either effectively or at all during the pandemic, there is no time like now to try to re-engage and reconnect with your audience. You need to do it. The Activate tool will help you. Check them out at activitystream.com. Now let me get to Corey Gibbs. That's Dr. Corey Gibbs to you. To me, it's just Corey use MFR, right? I've known Corey for a long, long time. We get into that. Uh, Corey has a brand new business called E3, and I wanted to have him on to talk about this because why does Corey need a podcast when he can just come on mine? But we talk about his new business, and we talk about the idea that drove him to start a business, right? And we share a common philosophy on the importance of customer service, on the importance of uh, doing right by people, of building relationships, of long-term focus. So we talk about that. We talk about the state of the ticket business now. We talk about the challenges of creating tickets as a commodity, right? Which we're seeing the impact of more and more and more every day. It's bad news, right? We talk about some of the research that Corey did to help guide his decision-making process around the new business. We talk about the nature of service, the nature of pricing, the nature of delivering something that can't be get that you can't get anywhere else. And we close out by looking at uh, segmentation, targeting, positioning, which is the core of your strategy. We also talk about the power framework. We hit upon some fun stuff as well. Corey's running the New York City Marathon. He's raising t- money for the Ronald McDonald House, which is a partner, um, somebody I've done some stuff with over in the past. It's something that the NATB supports, and it's something that's close to Corey's heart. So that's great. So, you know, make sure there's a link for Corey's fundraising page in the um, show notes as well. Then we finish it off by talking about Alabama, the University of Alabama, where uh, Corey and I went to the University of Alabama. Lo and behold, we talk about it. We talk about the basketball team, the football team. We round it up with some bourbon talk, right? Because both of us love bourbon. Um, So this is a lot of fun. You know, this is a chance for me to catch up on air with uh, somebody who's a really good friend of mine, Dr. Corey Gibbs on the Business Fun Podcast. All of this banter. Let me welcome my man, Corey Gibbs, back to the – oh, hold on a second – Dr. Corey gives back to the Business Fun podcast here. Uh, we got to get formal today, Corey. What's up, man? Oh, not much, buddy. Just, you know, another uh, another lovely day in the fall. Uh, 
college football season is uh, is upon us and in full swing. And, um, you know, our, our, our world is getting back to a little bit of uh, some state of normalcy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. How's our um, how are our stomping grounds of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where you are today? Tuscaloosa, Alabama is always great, especially in the fall. Um, and especially when your football team is, uh, you know, hadn't lost since, you know, yeah, who knows? I can't even remember that part. Remember that, that that now? Yeah, you know that's, we, our, that's us being blowhards. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we uh, we don't have to remember that. Uh, I can say that when I'm not around other people, but uh, no, it's great. Tuscaloosa is uh, is fantastic. It's um, this morning it was um, you know 61 and at, at sunrise and uh, campus was beautiful. Went out for a, a nice little run this morning on, uh, across campus, which was great and. You know, I, I tell people every day the uh, the the most the most unscared animal in the world, unafraid of anything, is a University of Alabama quad squirrel. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, there are a thousand squirrels running across the, the, the grass of the quad and they will stand in the middle of the absolute sidewalk and look at you and you have to run around them. I mean, they, they, they have they are not worried or concerned about anything. And it is comical. Yeah, nothing's going to stop those squirrels. I, it's funny, too, that um, if you're up that early in the morning, I was telling somebody that, you know, like my most the best memory i don't know if it's the best memory i don't remember exactly how to phrase it but one of the most unique memories was of in the morning when the the crew team is dragging their boats down to the river and i was just coming home to patey hall <laughs> and they would be dragging their things so i was dragging my uh dragging myself up uh, up the stairs to, to the second floor of patey hall <laughs> there was a lot of dragging going on and there in a lot of different ways Oh my gosh, yes. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. That's, um, you know, we'll, we'll get on to like the important stuff later. But um, you, you started a new business since the last time we talked. And obviously, that's not news to me, but it probably is news to everybody here. So, um, why don't you tell everybody what you're up to? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it's something that I, I, as you know, I had been uh, kind of toying with in my mind over the years, uh, you know, being in, in the sports and entertainment and hospitality industry for, for now 26 years. That's been a long time since August of 95, it seems like. Um, you know, you and I had talked years ago about how I just really, really had a kind of a, our industry as a whole had, had changed, um, you know, completely from what it used to be to what it was. And, and it had, over the years, had had shifted from, uh, a relationship-based business, which is what it was built on and what should have been built on to, to more of a transactional, you know, where people just logged on and, and Googled, you know, an event or an experience they wanted to go to and, and whatever popped up on the top of, of the first three lines, wherever they said they could, how they could access that, they clicked it and they put in credit card numbers and, you know, never got to talk to a customer service and never knew exactly what they were buying. And, and had no idea if they were buying it at a good price or the right price or a fair price. And, you know, over the years that, that kind of really got to where it, it really was sticking with me. And, uh, you know, back when I went back and, and, and did my, uh, extra layer of, of education and, and did the PhD, you know, my plan by doing that was to create and sculpt a program that would, um, that would quote fix that situation. So what I did was I, I came up with a, an idea and built it through my dissertation. Um, and uh, you know, the new company is Elite Entertainment Experiences. It is a membership-based uh, organizational structure. It is uh, designed for the elite consumer. It's very exclusive. There are only an exclusive number of memberships. The the format is you know, a member of the organization comes on as a, as an E3 member. And with, with that, their member benefits include, um, being able to buy at wholesale cost. So anything they, they want to buy, you know, I go out, I, I source for them and I, I help them buy that, buy that experience or tickets or, or entertainment, hospitality, anything that is in that realm at their cost, 
uh, versus going and paying a national average of 23 to 30% of, of what you would say overage or profit. Uh, you know, so they're able to buy it wholesale. Anyone that has any type of a, um, uh, inventory position or, you know, quote extras or, or anything they need to sell and liquidate. Uh, we also liquidate for our members at a hundred percent return. So there's no, there's no margin take on that. So not only do they get to buy it wholesale and liquidate at, at full return, but they also get, you know, our, our experience of, of myself and my executive VP, Brittany Ezel, uh, she and I combined have over 50 years of experience in the, in the sport industry and in the sports business industry. You know, they get our reach, they get our network, they get our contact information that we're able to reach out and source for them, you know, what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and at the price they should be able to buy it for versus just clicking online. And as you know, my my customer service orientation, which I, I live and die on that sword, you know, our it's a very customer centric based business. We do the right thing for the right customer. Not saying that everyone is going to be the right customer. It's a it's a mm-hmm. very exclusive group. And and um, you know, it may not be right for, you know, person A, but it may be. And it just depends on the level of net spend. In essence, we're we're helping we're helping elite consumers reduce their net effective fee and increase their value of not only their return on their investment, but also the fact that they have a true customer service to enhance the overall consumer experience. Right. So let me get this, let me get this all straight here and let me uh, um, think, let me, let me rephrase this. So I think I, I have it. The business is built out of the idea that tickets have become transactional, a tactical thing, and they had become commoditized which was to the detriment of the industry. Now you have now created a business that will allow you to become, and this is what got thrown at me uh, probably 10 times a day when I was in the secondary market day to day, you have created a business where you can become people's guy. (laughs) Yes, correct. Yes. (laughs) And that's awesome because I think that that's like one of the, um, it's it's a service that's missing on the high end. And I know it's something that we've talked about before. It's like it, that is where there's a tremendous opportunity. It kind of captures that recovery plus volatility equals opportunity thing. And right now, events are starting to recover. But And this is where I'm going to ask you. But they're not necessarily recovering the way that people thought they were, where it was demand like no one had ever seen before. Um, and there's still volatility because things aren't coming back in an even manner nor are things coming back uh, in anything that would relate to normal. And so the opportunity cost for your people is that like they don't know what's safe to go to or what's available or what's happening. And you help provide some stability in that market with that. Am I wrong or am I like over talking? I think you're, I think you're spot on. And I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head without coming out and saying it, you know, a year ago, college football season a year ago we're looking at you know stadiums with 25 percent capacities um you know you know no matter which side of the fence you stand on you know there were no vaccine opportunities at that point Mm -hmm. there was concern there was you know mask orientation requirements you know the the overall experience of attending an event last fall was to say it was different is an understatement but to a lot of people, it wasn't enjoyable. Um, but also the information that people were provided to understand what to expect going into that, whether it's coming from whether it was coming from teams, schools, professional leagues, or venues or promoters, the communication was not very good. Let's just go. Let's let be a nice way to put that. So that's one area that having someone that is in a very customer centric consumer oriented mentality, you know, we, we do that diligence for people and say, okay, this is what you're going to expect. If you want to go to, and I'm going to use two different spectrums. If you want to go to a concert in Miami, Florida, it's going to look an absolute hell of a lot different today than going to a concert in San Francisco, California today, Mm -hmm. just because of where each city 
is in rel- in relation to where the recovery and the and the um, you know mandatory arrangements are. You know, and you know, Florida's been open for a year. Let's just not kid ourselves. I mean, you've been in Miami. You know how it is. I was there last January for the national championship game, and the Fountain Blue was bar was wide open. There wasn't a mask in sight, right, wrong, or indifferent. But you know, today in San Francisco, you still pretty much need a hazmat suit to go into mm-hmm. your grocery store. And it's not it's not saying either is right or wrong. It's just that's informational, and you can't get that information by logging on and clicking on something and inputting your credit card and hitting buy. You have no idea. So that's one area of the consumer experience that we do. Um, but the thing that you that you kind of hit on that that I will say is, you know, the pent up demand functionality that everyone was raving over saying, oh, it's going to come back bigger and stronger and crazier. It did for a very brief period of time. You know, then then the variant hits and mm-hmm. we, we got a little bit of a setback because people went, oh, wait a minute. Now we got a spike. So it's a it's a rolling moving target, if you will, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just you've got to stay on top of it and, and, and just got to know your stuff. And that's what it boils down to. And unfortunately, as you have told me before, people. People are too lazy to go do their research in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I mean, they're just they're, they're too lazy to go do the research to know what, when, where, how and why and do it at the elite level. And that's that's what we are priding ourselves on doing on this new concept. Yeah, and what's interesting too is like, you know, so like you talked about Miami and you talked about San Francisco, and I'm pretty sure it's because uh, the Traveling Dave Roadshow has been in both of those like in the last couple of weeks. And, and I was telling you how um, San Francisco is still largely shut down, but it, it still felt pretty safe. But like, it's still, it's not unusual to see people everybody wearing a mask on the street and so i was like i guess i'll put my mask on on the street because it's that's just what how everybody feels comfortable and it's totally cool and and what i think was happening and what's interesting about what you're doing is the idea that um if you're an executive if you're trying to entertain because this demand thing people are in different phases of being able to entertain again. People are in different phases of having comfort going to events. People are in different phases across the board about everything. And understand, this goes to research, under, thinking that there's just this one size fit all, fits all solution to everything is just wrong. And right now, at least looking at the world, the, the ticket from my point of view, it's there's too many people who are just taking a one size fits all approach. And I think that it's probably leaving opportunities on the table for someone and something like you because of that. But you tell me, maybe I'm a moron again. No. I'm often the moron on this podcast. So it's <laughs> no, you're no. It, and, and the opportunity, the opportunity street goes both ways. It, it, it offers an opportunity for someone to create, you know, a business model that we have. Um, and we're seeing, you know, unbelievable you know now that things have started started back happening and we're seeing the response has been incredible um to the point where i mean I, you and i've usually talked once or whatever and i mean i don't i don't remember I, sometimes i wake up and i don't know what like you said the, earlier what day it is um i mean it the response has been absolutely incredible by the people that we've talked to about it um and we've we, you know we've been very very calculated on on who we're talking to um but you're right in the in, in discussing and, and going to the opportunistic aspect. It's a, it's a great opportunity for a business model like ours, but it's just as good of an opportunity, if not better of an opportunity for that elite level consumer and executive consumer or, or, or higher spend individual because they're not only able to wade back into this market in this in in this entertaining and hospitality world you know at a more comp, you know a higher level of comfort but they're also getting for a lack of a better term more bang for their buck and they're getting the best customer service they've ever gotten in their life i mean yeah. it's i mean you 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 and i get that you understand that it's the it's the old it's the old centurion ways i mean it's it's yeah. taking care of people the right way yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I felt like the whole, it, uh, the foundation of my whole reputation and my whole like everything I've done is like on that customer service thing that started with the nightclubs, it built up through the 
black card program and it's gone on from there. And so, you know, I'll be clear. It's like the idea that you're offering now is not like something that magically appeared because of the pandemic. It was just that the timing was right because of the pandemic and people, you had a chance to like step back and think because, you know, this idea of offering uh, executive level, elite level spend, spending uh, consumers a unique and differentiated service is not new by any stretch of the imagination. What is new, though, is that people are paying attention to it because here is an, just the the best, the biggest fact, and I can it's a secret, I, probably a secret that I can share with full understanding that nobody's going to steal it from either one of us because I've t- said it a hundred times before. I'm going to say it again. Those customers felt underserved by the teams, by the venues, by the by the brokers, by everybody before the pandemic started. And they were looking for ways to offload some of that spend because they didn't see the value in the purchases they were making. So if somebody came through and offered a better service, a more unique service, um, better ways to help corporate buyers understand and retain value, there was opportunity there. It is just it's amazing that nobody has really like been serious about it before. I mean, we have, but I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're just two people. And so the opportunity is, has only grown probably exponentially now. It has. And, and, and that's exactly spot on. And it's also not reinventing the wheel. I mean, it's, you know, anyone, I have people all the time and that I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to say don't understand it, but people that it's kind of a foreign idea or concept, they're like, well, you know, how could someone not just go out and, and once you launch this and just replicate it and it turns into, you know, vanilla ice cream? Well, I mean, they could, but they won't. <laughs> they could, but they won't. And they, they can't to that level because the other the other ancillary tools of the of the the secret sauce, if you will, to the recipe of our success is a lot of it is built on, you know, around the analytic suite that I built, um, you know, that that is a uh, and you, you've seen the results. I mean, it's it's. I'm just going to go ahead and say, without patting myself on the back, it's pretty damn good of a predictive and prescriptive and and aspect of analytics uh, in regards to you know projections of peaks and valleys of commodities such as you know entertainment tickets as far as the the values and the costs. I mean, you we know, we actually used it on the Super Bowl. So let's not did. like uh, let's not like hide it from anybody. Like when no, I was didn't. running that 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 contest on the super bowl we use your tool to figure out what owe me a 25 dollar amazon gift card (laughs) let's not let that slip under the cover here yes Uh, i did not pay my 25 dollars. i think i did uh we no we did use it and check your receipts check my receipts (laughs) got it um yeah i mean we did and and it um you know it, it 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 hit pretty pretty dang spot on every single day the the valley it showed the it showed the upticks and the downticks. It predicted the day that they would, within the 14 days when the teams were announced, it predicted the exact day that they would be the cheapest, and it predicted the exact day that it would be the most expensive, and it was the closest to the exact kick uh, price at kickoff mm-hmm. of anyone that, that quote-unquote, guessed, and I use that word loosely. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I had a little actual tool in my pocket other than just guessing, which that's fair, but that's what that's what members get. Yeah, members get privileges, just like the old members sage. Members get privileges. We're going to probably get sued for saying that on the air, but that's okay. Uh, we didn't say well, membership. No, we didn't. I was going to say we didn't say it exactly. Exactly. So there we go. Clear. Fair yes. enough. I like and, it. And that's also just a sign of the strength of those brand codes. So, you know, yeah, like, exactly. I, I talk about branding all the time, so that's fine. Uh, now, so, so let me talk to you then about um, a couple things that I think are important to understand when we're talking about this. We talked about the elite consumer, um, the willingness to pay for something that is a premium value, a premium service model. Um, and that's like, and then you talked about people not doing their research, which you know is a big thing I talk about all the time. And I also know that you did do your research because we talked about it because again, um, there's certain things that like people show, they send me, they go, Oh, did you see this thing? Or did you like, do you know about this thing? Or did you have anything involved with it? And I go, most of the time, if you, if it comes to that level where you ask me if I was involved in it or know about it, it's probably because I worked on it <laughs> because I do my research. And so 
I want to know a few of the help people understand the kind of research you did and the kind of like numbers that back up starting a business like this, just to show people like a little bit of the power of research. Well, okay. And that, that, I mean, that's, uh, this is when, could, when we're having a doctor on, we got to like ask doc that, that could be, that, that could be a series of podcasts. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the cut to the chase, uh, version, you know, the research as a whole, uh, starts with, with the, de- 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 you know, the deliverance of value. That's, that's, that's where it all started to start. You know, the, the number one aspect is if there couldn't be a deliverable that revolved around offering a significant value to the end, to the end consumer, which in this case is the member, um, it wouldn't work. So, you know, it started with looking at, you know, we're talking about a hundred billion dollar industry that the, the consumers were, for lack of a better term, logging on and whoever won the SEO battle on Google is who got who got the business. And on average, you know, the fees are, are 17 to, to 30 percent, depending on who pays a buyer fee. And we're not going to use any 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 specific marketplaces that are online that we all know who they are, depending on which one you log into with buyer fees and seller fees. The end result is a 17 to 30 percent total. That's an average of about 23 percent to, to, you know, and on the higher end, if you look at market share, it comes out to about, you know, 29.5 percent, let's say, give or take. Well, so the research showed that on an, let's just use a thousand dollar ticket, let's just, or or whatever, a hundred dollar ticket, thousand dollar ticket, even number. So on a thousand dollar ticket to a college football national championship game, it, if the original owner, if 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 inventory owner A owns a ticket and is willing to take a thousand dollars for it, and it goes online, and that the seller of that wants their, you know, they're going to charge a seller fee to that person who's selling it of, of approximately fifteen percent. Well, that's divided by fifteen. That's that's one seventy six of of seller fees that get added on, and then the buyer is going to pay a ten percent buyer fee, which is another one hundred and seventeen dollars and sixty five cents. Well, your thousand dollar ticket just turned into twelve hundred and ninety four dollars and some change. So at that point, your margin difference is twenty nine, a little over twenty nine and a half percent. So to me, you know, for for a consumer that's spending one hundred twenty five thousand, two fifty, five hundred thousand, you know, your million dollar entertainment budget corporations in the country. I mean, do the math. You spend a million bucks and you're, you're paying $295,000 of overages of quote unquote profit. I, look, that's too much. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, that's for those people, that's two, depending on what market you work in, that's two or three employees that you're covering or maybe more depending on where you're at. So, you know, well, let me that, ask you this. Yeah. yeah. Let me, let me jump on that because, you know, you know, cause you're talking about the million dollar budget and it's about 30% of that, which is not chump change by any stretch of the imagination. No, and and the the numbers are important because they tell part of the story. Mm-hmm. But like the, you combined it too because you know the research also tells you about the experiential aspect and that like right. the people weren't necessarily well, happy with what they were receiving. No, and that's that's the that's the exact part that I was getting to next is is for that two hundred ninety plus thousand dollars that the million dollar client is spending. Guess what they get for customer service. They get an online chat that's probably automated that tells them, thanks for attending your event. If you have any questions, please email us at info at. They have no phone number. They have no direct email. They have no follow-up. And guess what? If they get to the venue, or let's say they have no idea about, you know, they don't realize that, I'm going to use this as an example because you will get it. They don't understand that Tuscaloosa, Alabama is an absolute disaster for parking on game day. They don't have someone giving them a heads up of how or where they should park. They don't have an Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama by Legion Field. You come back and, you know, you don't have a car or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, if you're if you're in Atlanta and you're on the the Mercedes or the uh, you're on the AMG club side of, of Section 127, you do not want to be in the blue parking lot. I mean, you're walking three miles around and you have to go up the concourse. You want the red the red international deck parking. So they get none of that extra umph, I would say, or that they don't get those extra little things that make it special and make it important. 
And for those million dollar clients, even the $125,000 level client or the 250 or 500, most of those individuals are not buying for, they may be going with other people, but they are going for entertainment value to return investment on their company to their clients. And the last, it's, it's our job to make sure each consumer has the absolute highest level of, of experience and also their clients have the best. And the research showed that that is failing miserably, absolutely miserably. And this is like one of those things that I talk about this constantly. And I've talked about this. I don't know how long have we known each other? 20 years or more. More Um, than that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More than that, yeah. I have been telling people for years, right? And this is, I probably go to my my deathbed telling people this. It's like, it doesn't matter what you find valuable. It matters what the customer finds valuable. And one of the reasons, the big failings of the primary market or most brokers is that like, they just assume like the person wants the ticket, they want this thing. And being able to give people, go in this entrance, not that entrance. Park here, not there. I remember, I can't tell you how much money I made over the years because I could, I had greased somebody at Peter Luger's enough that I could get people at Peter Luger restaurant. <laughs> it's, 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 it's incredible. And, and it's the extra things. It's not what people, it's I not. I can still get a reservation at Peter Luger's whenever I want one to. So. Absolutely. And, and I might take you up on that here in November. Um, the thing is, it's not the difference and, and the difference making and what differentiates people, especially in, in the hospitality and entertainment world, as you know, it's not what people pay for. It's what you give them and and take care of them with that they didn't expect and they didn't pay for. It's, you know, the under promising and over delivering, you know, it's it's it has gotten way too commonplace for the you know, if you overpromise and underdeliver, you're absolutely dead in the water. Yeah. If you only deliver what you promised, you might as well be dead in the water because if you're not if you're not going up, you might as well be going down. Uh, you know, e- even keel is, it doesn't work in this business. You know, we 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 sell. We don't. Our members aren't buying. They're not buying memberships. They're not buying. They're buying life experiences. We fill bucket list events. We fill people's bucket list. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it, there's something about people ask me, you know, my favorite event, this that, and the other. And, and you can you can go by research and whatever people say. But that's all personal, you know, mm-hmm. personal belief to perception. me. And the perception is different, of course. And the thing about it to me is there's nothing more special than being at, you know, there's nothing more special than being at Augusta National at 5.30 in the morning and a guy walks up that's 55 years old with his dad who's 77 and they want to meet you at 5 o'clock in the morning to get their badges to go in because this is something they've been dreaming about doing for their whole life. You know, there's and, and when they come back at the end of the day, they've walked, you know, 8 billion miles and the smiles you couldn't wipe off their face with sandpaper. And... <laughs> You created something, and I, I've, I've used this for a long time. You know, we want we want to create not just memories. We want to pe- for people to be able to say, "I was there when blank blank blank," and we mm-hmm. provide the blank blank blank. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And and you can't you can't sculpt when you know you can't predict when this person's going to, you know, set the record. You know, you can't predict when Justin Tucker is going to kick a 66-yard field goal to win the game at the last second and set the NFL record. But any any corporate client or elite consumer or whatever that took clients to that game, that's a, that's a whether they're a Ravens fan or whether they're a Texas Longhorn fan who mm-hmm. loves Justin Tucker because he was the last one to beat Texas A&M in the A&M-Texas game, you can't put a dollar figure on that memory. That's something that people will remember and they associate that memory with mm-hmm. a lot of times in the corporate world of the corporate entertaining of doing business with that person. I mean, there's no doubt you, you can't, you can't quantify as much as you want to analytically quantify and, and put it in a PhD algorithm that, that you just, there's, there's not a value to put on that. And, and that's, we, my, myself and my team, we, we really understand 
the valuation of experiences and memories, and we are dedicated to providing that at a reduced at a reduced cost valuation for the elite consumer, as well as giving them that experience and that service that that's world class and unlike any other. And that's and that's why that's why we do what we do. Yeah, no, it's 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 just you know you you can't highlight that point enough, right? Because there's just so many. I mean, I, you, you you hear these things all the time. It's like I talk about going to that damn bloody sock game at Yankee Stadium. Yep. And I didn't see any. I didn't see not a single run the game, but it was still like the most amazing baseball experience I ever went to. Or, you know, like the night I went to see Pearl Jam at Madison Square Garden and the floor shook for only the fourth time ever. Right. I mean, like these are things I'm always. I remember the people I was with. I remember, you know, everything about the night. Right. And a lot of them, like I remember going to. You know, I, I'm fortunate that I work a lot with the Red Sox now, but I talk about how inf- how important Fenway Park has been to my career because I've taken so many people to games at Fenway Park, and, and those business relationships have stood up over time, right? Because of you know, and it's just so true, and it's just a missed opportunity because people want to quantify and commodify, and you know, drive the experience down to its most base form, like. Um, I forget the name of the show, but it was an HBO Max show where it's like everything was like uh, digitized and, you know, measured to such a point that it, like it was lifeless. And that's like the danger that I think the industry is in danger of embracing because things have become so anodyne and so um, removed from the personal and the physical and the emotional. But that's me and that's my rant. Um, what I do want to highlight, though, is that if people miss this, what you did talk about were four very important things that uh, make up a strategy, which is that research component. We talked about how you segmented the market and we talked about how, how you targeted specific people and how you're positioning. You have, and if I tell me if I'm wrong here, because I think positioning is something people misunderstand. You positioned yourself about you because, and not necessarily against the competition because it's about a higher level of service. It's about, better understanding of the market. It's about understanding the emotional connection you create with customers and buyers. It's it's about you, not about the people you're competing against. Am I right in that way? Because I want to spell that out for people. You, you're 100% right. And without sounding egotistical, but just being honest, I, we, I, I mean, and I'm even a competitive person. You know how I am? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any competition here. Yeah. I, I see that the, the only competition. I didn't tell you I about see, my new business. What's that? <laughs> I didn't yeah. tell you about I, my new business. I, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't see. I don't see a, a level of competition here because of of two things. Number one, I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm not guessing this. I know that there's not going to be a single person that has the um has the drive and willingness to do and go the the level of distance that we go to service our client. I know that for, I, I can, I can guarantee that. And you, you understand that's built. That's my, that's my premise. That's how I'm built. Um, you know, so there's no competition there. There's, there's really no competition on price because if they're buying it at, you know, our people get to buy at wholesale cost. I mean, what are they going to do? Go sell go buy them below cost and sell them to them below cost. I mean, it's kind of hard to keep power bills on, on that. So we're not really in, in a because when you start competing on price, you lose anyway. So we we removed the price competition discussion completely out. So you're right. I mean, we, we position ourselves on what we bring to the table, what we offer, what our benefits are to the consumer, how we um, how we distribute and perform uh, within those parameters of our of our member benefits. And our positioning's about us. It's about, you know, I. Our our deal is, you know, across the board, you know, it's exclusive elite, you know, elite access, exclusive memberships, elite access, completely epic results and, and extraordinary service. And and out of that, that, that's that's what we do. That's how we do it. And and um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We really we don't really don't look at it as a as a as a competitive aspect on our positioning. We 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 know what we are and um we do it very well and we're going to do it very well for the people that it fits. And, and you also said too, I mean, on the, on the 
product orientation for the membership base, it, it is, it's not, it's delusional to think that this is for everyone because it's not, and that's okay. And, and that's okay. Uh, everything doesn't have to be for everyone. This is a very right. exclusive segmented market that provides very elite access that turns into extraordinary results and service. And, 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 you know, I've had people that have contacted us already and, and went to our website, eliteentertainmentexperiences.com and put in a, put in a membership request to, to find out about the information. And, and I was very, very nice and, and, you know, very Alabama Southern sweet about it to let them know they just, it probably didn't work for them. Just that, you know, they, it wasn't that level of, you know, be more than happy to help them in other ways, but this, this program probably wasn't a, a great fit. Um, and that's okay too, because they're not bad people and we're not bad people. They just didn't fit. Could be an aspiration for them too, over time. And, and, and that's what we try. That's to awesome. Yeah. And, and that's what we let people know too, is, you know, just because someone doesn't fit today, doesn't mean that they're not going to fit or qualify next week, next month, next year. You know, they may be really close. And when I say fit, it's not because I don't like the color shirt they are or the fact that they're an Auburn fan or something like that. You know, it's the fact that their, you know, their quantitative spend and level, it doesn't fiscally make sense for them. And the ROI is not there for them when I say they don't fit. And, and that, that, that just to be clear, that, that's just a great example of you targeting well. Because you are making a choice. Targeting is strategy. It's like picking what you will do as much or picking what you won't do as much as what you will do. And then I got one more point here before we, we get on to the fun stuff that we always talk, we always talk about here. Um, I dig the idea here because of, you know, I talk about the power framework quite a lot now. And I've been working on a variation of it that I'll unveil at a later date. But against your competitors, you, you have a, a clear competitive advantage. Right. Because, you, you know, you, you have a membership model, which nobody else really has. And right. And the pricing thing you've you've eliminated, you have you're also delivering a higher level of customer service for your customers. You're taking you're making it easier. You're making it easier to buy, better to buy. You're probably providing them better access to inventory than they can get on their own. All these things it gives you strength again. And then over suppliers, because you are dealing with the high end consumer. You have tremendous power over them as well, and it's like you know. And, and if you're viewing any strategy, you should look, look at it through the who's gaining power. And so I, I'm really I'm excited, but you know I'm also excited because I've known you for fucking most of my life. <laughs> well, that's true. Exactly. It's uh, it's it's been a it, it's been a fun journey to watch both of our 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 professional and every other types of careers take turns and lefts and right. And it's funny people like us in this industry, you know, it's not a, it's not a straight, straight shot up. Our, our life is not a straight shot up to one Oh one. We, we turn left and take a detour and go over a bridge and get out of the car and walk across a Creek on a, on a, you know, a, a log and then come back and, and get back in the car and drive the other way four hours and turn around. And, but we still get to the destination and, and, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of a, kind of an interesting interesting you know when the when the forbes article came out and and people were like holy cow i mean you know you, you and i were out on a phone call i think that day i started getting blown up and i didn't realize it was actually going coming out I, i'm getting phone they're like did you know you just got published in forbes about you know reinventing the world of ticketing through a membership program and i was like well i knew i you know we were gonna do something it's like no well no it just hit like 30 minutes ago and i you know i had people calling me like well how how did you come up with this idea i was like you know through most of my things in life just long-term planning and positioning and coming up with a true strategy and that that's what's wrong with a lot of our industries today i'm not going to even get on that we could talk for that for years but you know there's just no people go into stuff whether it's any type of industry or business or or decision making without a strategy and i i can't operate that way you know and you can't either i mean that that choice that drives me crazy choice focus action <laughs> and when, from action you go act review adjust and it's just a cycle they feed each other and it, you know absolutely it's, that's it i mean i'm grateful for the fact that people are more like chickens with their heads cut off because it does provide me with a lot of opportunity um, but it is very very um, it can be frustrating because it also uh, harms everybody's ability to be successful to an extent. 
for sure. Um, but let's let's get on to the fun stuff. So let's talk about the first thing here, which is you're going to run the New York City Marathon on November 7th, right? That is, is correct. That right? Okay. That is, that is correct. Um, it, it was going to be last year, and uh, I started uh, the, 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 tw- the 10 second blurb of it is in September of 2000. They didn't have it last year. <laughs> I know. Well, in September of year before last, I was coming up with kind of long-term goals, and one of my goals of, of the next five years was, at that point, I said, I want to run, a, uh, I'm going to run a marathon before I'm 50 years old, and um, my fantastic wife goes, that's that's a great goal, I love it, and I, she, I don't know, maybe four days later, she came home, and I said, um, well, I'm running the New York Marathon uh, next, it's coming up here, and she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I found a way to run for the Ronald McDonald House Charities, uh, which is a, a charity that's near and dear to our heart and our industry uh, as a whole through the NATB. And um, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm able to you know, get a spot on the, on the Ronald McDonald House Charities running team if, if, I'm, if I want to because of my stuff. She's like, OK, well, she goes, well, I'll do it with you. So she's she and I both. And um, we trained up until last year. And then that fateful day that we got the email that said it's been canceled due to COVID. And of course, that was annoying and pissed me off. So I stopped training for a little bit. And I said, well, I'm going to do it. Then we got the email that said, "Where you get your automatic guarantees for this year. So yes, uh, long story short, running the New York Marathon in person in New York City, November the 7th uh, of this year, and um, have been been training. I, I took the, you know how I am. I'm a very strategic very calculated person. So I found a, a training program that works for me and uh, I've been staying to it regimented and doing my long runs every third week that did a uh, 17 miler last Sunday in Austin, Texas at 6 a.m. before it gets 130 <laughs> degrees. Um, you know, so I uh, got then take a couple of weeks off of seven milers and finish it up next Saturday with a 20 and then uh, taper off uh, up until the marathon. So it's exciting. Hopefully, I, hopefully I don't die on the side of the road. Oh, you'll be fine. And it's um, you. You might not even know this. Th- th- this one here. This is maybe a new one for everybody. It's that I've run the New York City Marathon four times, and I've run it. I've run six marathons. Period. Um, you know, so it's the, to me, it's the most exciting like endurance event ever. It's like the best. So I'm a, I'm I'm excited that you're going to get a chance to experience it. It's the uh, the greatest day ever in every year in New York, no matter what. I mean, full stop. It's the most, it's just, um, it was like the first time I did it, it was the most emotional thing that I, had ever happened. I just like couldn't hold it together. I was so excited to have done it. So I'm excited for you, for you to have a chance to do it. It's going to be awesome. Everyone tells us that they say when you come over the 59th street bridge and there's millions of people lining the streets, cheering and music, they're like, you know, if you can get to mile 16 through yeah, all the, the, the adrenaline areas, take you then, to, yeah. You're fine. They're the last, they said you don't even you don't even realize that you're running the last you know seven or eight miles. It's just it's just you those fed. miles up First Avenue when when people are standing there yelling and it's like echoing off the walls. It's it's um, unbelievable. It's it's really really cool. Um, so and and I'm going to include the links to the uh, Ronald McDonald Charities um, because it's a great um, great organization. They have a uh, location in New York City that's on like in the 70s. Um, yep. You know, I, over the years, I totally have been a huge supporter as well. So, I mean, it's a great uh, organization to support. Now, let's talk about, should we do Alabama first or should we do bourbon first? Uh, that's like a good good one. I mean, uh, let's go Alabama. We'll wrap up with the drinking because that's how we end our days most of the time. So, um, you know, I, I, how, how are, how is Am I going to see a um, basketball national championship? I'm not used to the basketball team being so good. Um, should I be looking forward to – should I be flaunting the success of the basketball team now? Um, the basketball team is going to be very good again. Um, unfortunately, this year, I think that, you know, the, the two injury bugs that hit them the last couple of weeks, a uh, month or so, um, will will – play a role um unfortunately last year was very very um very fortunate to not have you know a lot of 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 difficult injuries um this year they had a couple early depending on if those guys can get back um they they can be i mean pre-injuries the last month or so i think they were looking at competing to be a number one overall seed 
um, the one thing that they uh, have done very well is scheduling. Uh, they've prepared themselves. Uh, and I will say that that is, uh, and, I, and with that, I will give a very quick shout out and uh, credit to our good, my, a couple of good friends of mine um, at HD Intelligence. Um, you know, they, 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 they took over a program of analytics that they go in uh, HD analytics. Uh, I'm sorry, HD intelligence, uh, uh, Colton uh, Houston and Matt Dover, uh, two Bama, Bama guys. Uh, Colton was the op- uh, Alabama director of operations, you know, for uh, nine years. Uh, and then, you know, Matt was Alabama guy that also went and got a Harvard, a master's at Harvard in, in, in analytics. They help colleges and universities and sports programs, basketball, with their scheduling based on analytics of how it will affect their, you know, RPI and their, their, their index and whatever, when it, the, the methodology of, of how to get into the tournaments and, and your, your RPI rankings. So Alabama has been using those guys and, and they've done a really, really good job of scheduling. I mean, this year, I mean, look, they're going on the road. I mean, coach, coach said when he got here, he would, he would, he's not scared of playing people. He'd play them anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And, you know, he's traveling to Seattle to go play Gonzaga, you know, on that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a place where it's kind of like uh, Oklahoma state and Iowa state on Thursday nights where dreams go to die. Like, you know, Les miles used to say, but um, you know, that, that, that is a very good question that you have is, you know, do, do I expect them to win a national championship this year? I, I don't. Do I expect them? That's to- my only question is, do I get, do, should I go ahead and get the confetti ready? <laughs> no, you should not, but maybe go ahead and start planning for confetti. Cause I will say if, if he stays here and continues to build the program, like he's doing, I think you're going to see the university of Alabama playing in the final four within the next short term. And I would not be surprised if you see a national championship in basketball. This is this is what I'm here for because you're closer to the basketball program than I am. Uh, but and then so Nick Saban's going to coach forever, right? Like he's going to he's going to outlive me, uh, and we're going to get another ten to twelve national championships before it's all said and done. Is that is that the other the other thing that's on people's mind? Um, I'm sure that's on their mind. I, I don't know how deep into that I want to say you're right on, but <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think I don't I'm think totally he's, I don't think he's retiring this year. Let's call that. Yeah, uh, I, I actually got to bring the boy down to see him so he can start look, recruiting him now in fifth grade Coach sixth Saban, grade. Coach Saban likes coaching too much. He doesn't really have any other hobbies other than, you know, he'll play golf and he likes tarpon fishing and going to the mountains and taking care of the grandkids now. And, and I mean, he would lose his mind if he had to sit at home or quote unquote retire. And, yeah. and you know, he's in he's in as great, great a shape as you and I are or better. I mean, he plays basketball. He does. I mean, it's it's he's in good shape. He's fine. You know, he had the hip replacement, which was fantastic. That helped a lot. I, I see him walking the sidelines. Let's put it like this. I see him playing Oklahoma and Texas a few times before he leaves. And we know that's not supposed to happen until, the, you know, 2025, which I'll see that. I'll believe that when I see it. But I think it has to happen before that. But. You know, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, sure that'll be no, another story. I'd be surprised day. if it wasn't for in the next, maybe not next year, because the schedule comes pretty quick. But if it's not the year after, I would be surprised. Yeah, they announced the schedule the other night, so that's that's a done deal for next year. I think I could see it going two years, so they get the home and home. They don't disrupt the non-conference games that are already in place, um, like the Texas Alabama game, which is next year. Uh, in Austin and then uh, back to Tuscaloosa the next I could see I could see 2024 being the first year of the of the new full-fledged conference yeah all right so now let's turn like you know I just wanted to work in and rub our rub the success of Alabama and people's face for a moment since we're together uh let's talk about uh, uh one final thing that we both dig into and that's bourbon because I think we always talk about the bourbon and you told me that there's something I'm supposed to know about called the King's Family Distillery 14-year-old Homer's Hazmat. Is yeah. that correct? It's the sixth strongest bourbon in the world. Is it, that right? It, it, it was, um, yes. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. I stumbled across it through a, a, a buddy of mine. And, uh, 
He said, you want me to send you a bottle of it? And I said, sure. And then I got it. And I looked at it and I'm like, I can't drink. I can't open this and drink all this. It, it might die. 142.1 proof, uh, 70.05% ABV, uh, 14 years distilled uh, in there in Kentucky. Um, you know, it, it was different. Uh, it was hot, to say the least, obviously, at 142. But mm-hmm. uh, it didn't, you know, just to taste it, it didn't taste like a what you would expect. I mean, you know, you're, I know you're a big stag junior guy. That's usually a 130 two to 134 this year, 127 across the board. But that that can be kind of hot. And then, you know, the the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, uh, you know, some of those, like the C919 here that was 136.6, that was like drinking jet fuel. I mean, it, it's not, it's it's something about the time, you know, the, the timing, obviously, and the longer it sits there, you know, you get a 14 to plus 20-year-old type bourbon. It's, it's got some time. when you drink it don't be walking around because you might not be up upright very long um but no it's uh this the, the bourbon world is kind of interesting right now um you know the, the the craze is still insane uh the netflix original heist deal about the pappy gate where the the stolen barrels and the, the millions and millions of dollars sold out the back door and you know uh, my buddy Wright Thompson, his book Pappy Land hit and wide open, which was great book. Incredible, incredible read. It's Pappy Land. It's a story of of the whole Van Winkle family and how it happened and and how Julian and 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 the group brought it back from the dead per se. And um, you know, talks a lot about how their family really was entrenched in that in that world and. And how they're, I mean, they're legends. I mean, they're just absolute legends up there. And and, and you know how Wright is. He he encompasses whatever he writes, whether it's a whether it's a story about a family on SEC football game day, or a, or a tailgate, or a, a, a diners and and hamburger place in the back road of Oxford, Mississippi, or or, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He he can he can paint the picture incredibly yes. and that pappy land book is is an absolute incredible read that i highly suggest yeah you wouldn't even have to like bourbon to enjoy the book no it's no because it tells, it tells it's a fantastic an interesting story, story. Yeah, absolutely it's the story of the family and yes. really it's, it's about julian really discovering his family yes. now of course it's about bourbon but it's, it's really right. about about a guy discovering well, his family. It's awesome. Well, well you now, can't well, you can't talk about the van winkle family if you're not talking about bourbon that's pretty much hand in hand there it's true. It's but now so final one then so because you always give me recommendations. Um, what should I be having? What, what should I be seeking out right now? Um, you know, give me something like that is accessible for everybody because you know I'll you know um, I'll tell you spend what, crazy uh, money on stuff well, and that's not everybody. One that you can find. One that you can. I'll, I'll go a couple of routes that that you can that you can find on the shelf right now. Uh, mm-hmm. In most cases that that are not your crazy allocated stuff that you got to go stand in line and on one leg and, and, and pay a stupid amount of money on a secondary market, but things that you can walk into a total wine or a specs or a, or a Kroger, if you're, if they sell them there, Costco and buy is um, a new one uh, on the weeded side, which is going to be more in line with a, a Weller product is mm-hmm. old, old elk. So old, oh. old elk, the old elk weeded, um, especially if you can find the, the 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 store pick of it is incredible it is um it is a really nice bottle um i think it retails around 65 68 maybe um if you can find it it's a little more difficult to find i think you may have already had this uh the new 2021 booker's tagalong batch uh is incredible one of one of the better booker's batches uh, it's as good or better than the pigskin, which I know you really liked. Um, what was the one we really liked? That was the um, honey baked, not the, the uh, not no, honey baked. The, the the peanut, the 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 like peanut brittle, uh, yeah. Gra- Granny's batch, Granny's batch Granny's, was the peanut yeah. brittle, which was incredible. Uh, my favorite bookers ever of all time was the 2019-03 uh, country ham. I, I think that was probably the best one I've ever had. But the, the new Booker's is good. Old Elk is one to go find. 
um, to kind of get out there a little bit on a different flavor profile, but it's really nice is uh, Woodenville, which is out of uh, Washington. Yeah. Uh, so Woodenville out of Washington. Um, I do not care for the straight one that they have. The port cask is incredible. So the Woodenville port cask barrel is absolutely amazing. Um, and one that's not, I'll give you a last one, one that is not as easy to find, but in certain areas it is, uh, if you're lucky and you have and you have different, like it's, it's easy to find in Ohio. I'm not sure how it is in D.C. or, or other parts, but um, the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. Uh, that is probably right now one of my favorite drinkers. Um, it's got that toasted charred barrel taste to it. It's smooth as it can be, you know, as the as the as the weather turns a little colder, you know, it's a it's a really nice bottle. Um but yeah, it's the old the old elk is something brand new that I just stumbled on that, that you definitely need to check out. I'll, when I get back home to Austin, Texas, I'll send you a, I'll send you a sample of that one I send you to the King's family because that's something you need to try. <laughs> See the people get the get both the right and wrong impression about us. Most of the time when we're talking, it's not about tickets, it's about booze. So. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> and, and, and and it's funny you say that because I mean I send out more samples and stuff that I have than I drink, and that's just you know how I am. That's my that's my personality, my mentality. If I like something, I want someone else to experience it, which is how I got into this industry and how I, I love live events and I love seeing people smile and fill buckets. And whether that's with bourbon or tickets or experiences or sending someone my nine page document and, and contact list for Providencialis, Turks and Caicos or wherever it is. I just if people are going to do something and I have any type of an edge or, or help I can give them, that's just that's that's how I am. You, you know, the, the pandemic has done this one thing, right? It's made, uh, I think it's made both of us, right? Realize that like the things that are most important are like the people, which seems kind of trite and um, but, like BS, but at least for us, I think it has been like on, you know, it is more important to make sure that like you you keep the people that are meaningful to you close to you and then like you're, you're, you're good to the people around you when, it, you know. And then totally if they are good to you, though. I'm not kissing your ass. That's that's a good. <laughs> I'm not doing a- absolutely. That. I totally, I totally agree with that. Totally. All right, let's plug. Let's, let's do some plugs because I know you got a call to get to. Plug away, man. What are we plugging here? How do people find you on the internet? Um, you know, what's the new website? Let's, a website. Let's, do it. let's website sell. Is- there you go. Uh, website, I appreciate. I appreciate you and, you and your support and help too. Uh, website is eliteentertainmentexperiences.com. Uh, online, you can you can search it there. You can uh, you can find us there. You can find me on on LinkedIn uh, under Corey Gibbs. Um, you know, my email is Corey at eliteentertainmentexperiences.com. People can contact me with any questions or thoughts or ideas or advice, requests, suggestions. Tickets, bourbon, uh, travel—you name it. If I can help, I'm there. Um, we, uh, you know, if, if people are interested in reading our Forbes article, they can they can Google that online as well as it's under our experiences tab on our website. A link to it is there as well. Um, uh, we're, Soon there'll we're, be a podcast there too, like on there. It'll be awesome. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think that is absolutely the case. Um, <laughs> I think we, I think we got to make that happen, but yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we, um, you know, we're, we're excited and, and look forward to it. Um, you know, our, our E3 professionals, uh, as our at E3 professionals is our Twitter handle. Mine, as you know, is, is at I'm your ticket guy, which I've had for a while, which you started this by saying, you know, this was designed to create someone to have a guy. And so, uh, that, that's what we, that's what we try to do. And that's why that's what we're planning to do for, for, for a time to come is to transcend this industry into a, an elite membership model to take care of people, uh, and, and get them what they deserve, how they deserve and when they deserve it. Yeah, no, it is. Um, I should mention it because I did make a note of it that I was going to bring it up and I didn't talk about it at all. Um, Definitely email Corey if you want to find out about the influencer program because he never talks about it, but it's a really uh, cool way to like, um, you know, refer people into some kind of, you know, environment like this to help people, you know, maybe you can't help them, but you can refer people to Corey because he has a, uh, you know, like a white glove service. Uh, Check that out. Email Corey 
and find out more about that as well because I wanted to plug that because I made a note to ask him about it and I didn't because I suck sometimes. Uh, you know, we all, we, we all, we all, we all, we all swing and a miss every now and then. Dave. No, you know, I, I, I try to hit a lot of singles and a few strikeouts. So I'll call this definitely uh, a full count here. So you're, you're, you're the, you're the Tony, you're the Tony Gwynn mentality. You, you whiff very few times, but you don't hit many of them out of the park, right? <laughs> a lot of seeing eye singles. But you bat over 350, so there you go. Yeah, I was going to say I get a lot of RBIs, so. though. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Absolutely. You too, brother. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, hearing from anyone that has any questions. And uh, always love coming on the Business Fun Podcast and look forward to the next. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Corey by sending me an email. It is my name. Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Make sure you get the Talking Tickets newsletter. You can get it by sending me an email, again, at my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com, or visiting TalkingTickets.substack.com. Important to know, there's no www before that. Just TalkingTickets.substack.com. Get the newsletter, five stories, analysis, action items, ways to make money and fill seats. TalkingTickets.substack.com. Check out my friends at Booking Protect. It goes without saying that 30 plus percent of people taking up refund protection should tell you something about people's behavior. And that is that people are looking for the security and peace of mind that comes from being offered refund protection during a pandemic. That is twice the rate that people were taking up refund protection before the pandemic. Check them out, bookingprotect.com. And find out how you can offer refund protection to your customers and deliver a new revenue stream to your organization at bookingprotect.com. Make sure you fill out my survey that's in the show notes about talking tickets in the business of fun. I want to know how I can deliver better value to you, uh, better guests, better content. So check that out. It'll take you about a minute to 90 seconds really to fill it all the whole thing out. Get my worksheet that I created with my friends at Event Elect about Net Promoter Score. We tell you what Net Promoter Score is. We tell you who some of the best and worst at net, with Net Promoter Score are. We tell you why it matters. And we tell you, most importantly, how to do a survey of your very own. The way we teach you is three simple questions. It'll take you 30 seconds to put it together. But the information you gain from knowing about this is invaluable. You can't put a price on it because it will help change your business. I guarantee it. You can get that by emailing me, daviddavewakeman.com. And then finally, check out my friends at ActivityStream. The new Activate email marketing platform program is a great way to help you figure out how to re-engage with your audience. A lot of people maybe didn't have the time or resources to engage with their audience during the lockdowns or throughout most of the pandemic that we've had to deal with so far. It's a great time to start communicating now if you have it. You don't want to fall even further behind. Habits are changing. What people value is changing. A lot is changing. So check out ActivityStream at ActivityStream.com. Learn about the platform. Learn about the Activate program. Uh, and there's rumors of a roadshow coming up. So check them out. As always... Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, Take it easy, all right?